Hello, my name is Jason Reichel, and you're listening to Risk Management Brick by Brick. I'm fascinated with people who are helping build and maintain the physical world around us. On each episode of this podcast, we'll dive in with a risk manager, speak to them about how technology plays a role in this process. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Tanner Hackett on Brick by Brick. Tanner is a CEO of Counterpart, a management liability insurance provider, supporting small business and their insurance needs. He has incredible expertise, having founded two businesses in e-commerce and tech respectively. So let's jump straight into it, shall we? You're listening to Brick by Brick. Hello, Tanner. Thank you for joining me on Brick by Brick today. I'm really excited to have you. Pleasure to be here today, sir. I was at ITC looking at organizations, looking at different tech companies that were really appealing to me. Counterpart came across that. You're the CEO of Counterpart. Why don't we start with a little bit about your background? I know you're a serial entrepreneur, how you ended up at Counterpart, and what Counterpart's looking to solve for the industry. Yeah, Counterpart's focused on small businesses, which is where I've lived for the last decade plus of creating these companies. I've done it on a few continents. I've created an e-commerce company in Southeast Asia. I went on to create a mobile marketing company in New York. And now I'm in the uh, Southern California area, building the future of insurance. It's been an interesting journey, a lot of different fields, but universally, the problem that I'm trying to solve is how do you apply data to improve customer experience and to create value? and Insurance is it's a pretty unique beast that I've come to learn. Yeah, uh, 100%. Same lesson learned here about insurance. Let's dive into that. First, let's quantify small, medium-sized businesses. What does that actually look like? Yeah, we really focus on businesses under 250 employees. The sweet spot is under 100. These are customers that the premiums a few thousand dollars and focused on management liability and professional liability, which is a little understood space, really important if you're a business owner, because this protects you as an investor and a decision maker. We focused on small businesses because they don't have big compliance departments. Their compliance comes from their friend Google, you know, an, an attorney that might moonlight and do some employment work, but it's a really niche type of an employment law that only a large company has thought about systemically. We provide both a risk transfer product, a claims management product, and risk mitigation tools to help them navigate to an increasingly volatile marketplace. Is there a particular set of industries where you guys are successful right now, or is it across all industries and small, medium-sized businesses, or what's the attack for the market? It's pretty diverse. We're all 50 states, operate in nearly every industry. We've seen considerable success in, in your mom and pop shops. You know, you're looking at your consultants, your contractors, your manufacturers, even small technology companies. It's very distributed across our policyholders. The only bound is that, and really focused on the smaller businesses that need this even more sometimes than, they, than a large company because it can be existential. These claims can be hundreds of thousands of dollars, even millions of dollars. And that would put them out of, out of business. As humans, when do, things do go wrong, which you can have all the planning in the world, but one little mistake could be catastrophic that we keep them on the field. And we provide all the tools and resources through our claims management to help them through what is a very difficult time period. 
And by owning the insurance piece and by developing the technology, is this where the intersection of data allows you to write, have better underwriting than other organizations and, and things like that? Can you talk about that marriage and how you've seen that transform this, quite frankly, ignored space? Yeah, you nailed it. That is the avenue in which I arrived at management liability because Counterpart was originally focused on HR tech. And then it was through the abstraction of all these data points about the culture, compliance, the governance, the business operations, that I realized this data that we're collecting to help businesses understand their, their risk exposures or where they can improve their operations is actually very relevant to a product they're purchasing for when things go awry for when they get a lawsuit for negligence, misrepresentations, we're getting a great signal as to what's the culture of the company that would produce this outlying risk where there may be some variance between the expectations of the business, the expectations of customers, the expectation of their employees, the expectations of their investors, then translates to pretty nasty lawsuit. Yeah, absolutely. I read an article that I think you guys put out or you wrote around inflation, layoffs, how all of these things are compounding. You know, one thing that I found in my own work is that at these small, medium-sized businesses or even, you know, now going up to $100 million business sometimes, they don't have a risk management department. Modern risk management falls to the organization to manage. Sometimes the owner, sometimes an admin within the organization or something like that. How are these economic times, uh, inflation, and, and all of these things, increasing the pressure businesses are feeling around this area? There's a tremendous amount of pressure to be able to simply drip water in this market because of the regulatory landscape. Think about this, the ground shifting underneath them with changes in even how you working from home, working in the office, OSHA mandates. We just went through COVID. And now wage and hour is a big topic in certain jurisdictions. How you play employees, what's minimum wage, et cetera. Yeah, just staying in any state is really hard for these companies who are simply trying to turn profit. If I'm a, a small Main Street business, I own a shop down the street, I'm just trying to balance my books every day and make sure the inventory is accurate and make sure that I have the right promotions to sell my products. I don't have time to figure out what the new legislation is out of Sacramento that might necessitate me changing the way I pay employees or why I need to track time. We have an understanding of both how there's global changes to based on the jurisdiction, based on the, the type of business, based on the type of workforce, and then the nature of the business itself, which is how many employees do they have? What industry are they in? Have they had lawsuits before? What's their financial condition? And so we see this, this growing importance of insurance companies to be able to blend these two together and provide a solution that's tailored to this company. And frankly, to rethink that relationship between the small business, our customer, and the carrier, which let's acknowledge the fact that there's zero trust. There's zero trust right now between customers and insurance companies. If you get a call from an insurance company, you're automatically thinking, what have I done wrong? How do we flip the script into, oh, cool, they want to give me something to help me do better because it's advantageous for both of us. I mean, you must also be disrupting the normal distribution channel of brokers 
working directly with these customers as well and instead working with counterpart? Or are you going to market with brokerages as part of a technology suite of applications? Our broker partners are essential to our distribution. It was a long investigation by me and very thankfully, I hired some great people on the insurance side, namely Mike Levins, our head of insurance. So my store, Brad Bowler, I have an incredible team of underwriters and business development team managers. We can go super deep on creating a best-in-class product and all the tools around it, which are critical for businesses, and then partner with our broker partners who understand the landscape of the marketplace and are able to promote us to their customers without us having to go try and do the brain damage of showing that our product you know, on paper is different. Because frankly, what it comes down to is reading a 40-page form and trying to figure out, okay, how are we different from the 20 other competitors? Brokers, this is their job. This is their professional risk. It is to make sure that they're placing the best product with their customers, gives them the best coverage, the best terms, and then all the other ancillary services that we provide that, that nobody else can beat us on. You know, something that you're talking about that really is an advantage of Counterpart's uh, way of going to market is in our business, we're, we're risk mitigation tool from a technology standpoint too, but we're working with larger organizations, even when they produce the data that shows that they're mitigating risk successfully, it usually has very little effect on changing the carrier's pricing table. And if you have a great broker, maybe the information can be used to reduce increases, but it never really is it impacting the bottom line of what you're getting from the carrier. So that's really the advantage that you're offering over, I mean, even what some of the big guys have the ability to do. When I mean, we're talking about very large organizations can dictate what their insurance premiums may look like with their brokerages, but majority of businesses are really just stuck accepting increases year after year after year. Yeah, it, it gets even more complex too because some of these products can be purchased online. That barrier to getting insurance is being reduced. That's where a lot of the attention is going from a VC perspective of, Let's break distribution. Let's take the broker out of it. Save a few pennies and we'll spend it on Google for search terms. That's actually not what I think brokers represent, especially not in the future. Brokers are advisors. They're consultants for the small businesses. They're not just market makers. The ubiquity of buying a product is or it's, it's becoming more ubiquitous to be able to buy a product. The best brokers are ones that can differentiate themselves as understanding the unique needs of the company and, and pairing that with the best-in-class product. Everything you're saying is right on it. It's really interesting. You know, we do have a lot of small businesses looking for how they can get their arms wrapped around this problem and knowing it's a, a problem. And when I'm talking to Ed, we have we do these trust summits and talking to people in, in the podcast, and like a lot of them are just hoping that nothing happens, right? They don't really have true contingency plans. So I really view this as an important element of what it will take in, in the next couple of decades to manage and create one of these small, medium-sized businesses. What are some of the trends that you're seeing where you guys are on the ground trying to come up with solutions or partners in order to help your customers? Yeah, and you highlighted the report we did. We did a small business insights report, and we surveyed 300 plus CEOs of small businesses to try and understand what was top of mind for them. And one of the interesting things was that they're actually pretty forward thinking about AI. They're using these tools. Like I think it was around 90% had used AI 
They realize that their staff is not designed necessarily in the current state to be able to fully utilize the technology that's available. And so we, we saw this dichotomy between, I think around 40% were still considering laying off some of their employees, but 92 or 93% were hiring aggressively. Meaning it's not necessarily about downsizing the company, but it's restructuring the business around team members that can embrace these new modalities of work and tools to help them grow in the face of these really volatile conditions. Yeah, we're seeing this both in respect to the redesign of the workforce, but also in how they're thinking about even risk management. They're pretty knowledgeable. They feel pretty comfortable about their risks, but they fully understand they don't know what they don't know. And so they leverage their agents to provide them with this insight. I think we found almost 50% were either actively looking for new brokers or were considering looking for new brokers because they're looking for somebody that's going to be giving them real-time feedback about you know, what's going on, how do I rethink my insurance posture to actually accommodate these new exposures that maybe I didn't account for in even the redesign of my workforce. I see a big demand. And smart brokers have been doing this a long time and they're not going to be any problems, but you see a demand for brokers to be a consultative partner for these businesses. I think the hard thing for brokers and why technology partners like you and others might come into play is because obviously the premiums on these kind of organizations are not the same as if you're working with Apple and you can put two embedded brokers within that organization just to help them navigate day to day. So it's like, how does the technology amplify the broker's intelligence and their ability to handle these customers at scale when they have similar but different problems? Because as we know, with the small, medium-sized businesses, one of the difficulties is the industry breakdown is pretty significant. And so it's like hard to find the expert in all these industries. And that's where I think really technology and, and creating that communication layer between everyone can really benefit organizations who drive the economy essentially, right? I think you can always predict how well the economy is doing by looking at these businesses and the broker and insurance relationships with their expansions and things like that. Very fascinating. I think that the way that you're going to market, the way that you're providing these solutions for people is really innovative. I just was very interested in these kind of technology and insurance coming together in order to provide a new solution for these businesses, I think is a really tremendous thing. Yeah, it's it's fun to do this. And just to go back to the point of these small businesses, there's no other solution, right? They are just going to continue to face more volatility, more complex regulations. This is the general trend. I see it as this obligation that we have in insurance to step up and find ways to create more value. And we've been really fortunate to find carrier partners in Markel and Aspen that also appreciate this long-term vision. Because it, it takes a tremendous amount of effort to reshape the thinking of an industry that's been very successful for many decades, hundreds of years, and all of the different stakeholders involved in delivering the product. Yeah, this is something we talk a lot about the podcast, but why now? And it seems like the why now is that the data can help predict things that the old model just couldn't take into account. And there's urgency, not just because it's available, because you know that who's ever on the opposite side of the trade is using the data. Yes. So if you're not using the data, it's not that like, oh, that's a nice to have, but it's like, no, you're going to get clobbered. You're going to get clobbered by the plaintiff's bar 
who's utilizing the data or whoever else is, has access to it. And so it's not just a tool to be better, but it's going to look at how you tread water. One thing that modern mesh managers are often asking me and are worried about is the gap in talent coming into insurance, into tech, into all these fields. So I always like to end the podcast with what's a piece of advice that you would give to someone coming out of college to consider coming into this space and being excited about it? I think the rumors of the lack of talent, like, yes, uh, I think there's, there's three types of expertise that we see as critical to any insure tech, which is you need the technology experience, obviously. You're going to be building on top of really sophisticated data infrastructure and hopefully building some cutting-edge UI and UX for your customers. You need to have that entrepreneurial mindset and that business acumen of how do you solve problems. But you need to pair it with insurance expertise, deep insurance expertise. And if you look at these three buckets, there's more than enough qualified people to move this industry forward. Because if you look at it from an engineering standpoint, some really interesting problems, all problems at scale. Business folks, I mean, just look at the numbers that these insurance companies post. Like crazy how big this industry is. And for insurance folks, they've been clawing and scratching and trying to find ways to move their more traditional carriers forward. And they've run into to walls. We're able to find the best talent, those people that have this agitation to create change. There's lots of them out there. I can tell you, for any carrier that's listening, that people have options, smart people have options. And if they don't feel like they're hurt, and if you're, the company isn't embracing their ideas, they're going to fly to other businesses like us that are soliciting their views and opinions on how we can do it better. I love that. So the, the feedback for people listening go like maybe double click on that narrative that's being told and look for organizations who value those three elements of innovation in this space. If you're looking and I do believe and I'm working with a lot of insure techs through this and in my own insure tech that there are many companies out there who are taking a we want to work with the industry. We are innovating because we're technologists and finding the people within that industry who also are the partners in order to really drive sustainable change. So I think that's beautiful advice and I really appreciate it. Thanks, Tanner. Yeah, thank you for having me. Until next time, I'll see you later, man. See you, Jason. Bye. Risk Management Brick by Brick is brought to you by TrustLayer. Find out how TrustLayer manages risk so that the people can build the physical world around us, head over to trustlayer.io. And then make sure to subscribe to Risk Management Brick by Brick on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. On behalf of the Trustlayer team, thank you for listening.